previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. So I gave up all hope that later in the season, I knew that I had won a challenge and yelled it again, but I didn't think they'd say anything about it. I get an email one day from producers and they're like, hey, what's Lechizarimi? Is it just appropriate? <laughs> Is it appropriate? And I'm like, I'm like, it's totally appropriate. It's hard to explain other than it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Hey, Littles. Littles. Roxy. Chuck. Holy delay. Here we are again. We're not together, unfortunately. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Roxy's holding down the fort. Welcome to episode 201. We're so excited about this. We heard the open with Rick Devins. That was so exciting. Such a great episode. We've gotten so much great feedback about it. I can't believe we're on 201, Roxy. Speaking it's of Roxy. Wild. I know, right? Have you been to our guest book lately, Roxy? Uh, it's been a minute. Right? Well, I happened to check it. And uh, now don't get too excited. It's not like there's 15 entries there or anything like that. But we had a special <laughs> one. It just says, I love you guys, heart. Adam Ferrara. Ah. So how cool is that? Adam Ferrara has been to our website. That I never thought that would happen. That is so cool. How about that, Dina? So that was fun. And let's start here. We have to start here. Okay. Some thank yous. Scott Wilson, 1L. He went to our website, scrolled to the bottom, clicked on the anchor link, and became a supporter. So that was exciting. And then we have Lisa Dementure. I hope we're saying that right, Lisa. Hopefully you'll come on the podcast sometime and we can actually get to the bottom of that. But she went the other route, Roxy. She went to our Venmo page and used the code. Ooh, LLpod. Uh-huh. And then made a one-time donation there. A very generous donation. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all our supporters and we couldn't do this without you. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. Roxy, where do we begin? I mean, so much stuff came in over the last couple days. And I've been trying to keep it together here while I'm in North Carolina. And let's start here. We heard from Marcy Dillon, episode 109. It's been a while, Marcy. She says, hey, Chuck and Roxy, Italian wedding cookies are also known as butternut balls. Have you ever heard of that, Roxy? No. I haven't either. She said, my mom makes them every Christmas. Covered in powdered sugar seems like it would be a mess at a wedding, and they have nothing to do with butternut squash. Now, I agree, because we were talking, I think, with Stoopsy, right? He was the one that said at his wedding, his parents or somebody made all the Italian wedding cookies. And oh, yeah. Right. So I uh-huh. guess that uh, we don't put powdered sugars on ours either. But I do know some Italian cookies that do have the powdered sugar for sure. And uh, I love powdered sugar. Yeah. And then uh, Jenny Robbins chimed in. Episode 57. Italian wedding cookies are the best. I agree with the messiness of eating them. Italian wedding soup has nothing to do with weddings. So I wonder if the cookie is a misnomer as well. And then hmm. next, I just got some very valuable advice from my best man, Roxy. So this is from Tiny Chuck. It says, you better (laughs) tread lightly on the shoe thing, pun intended. Marriage tip number 1.9, never get in the way of a woman and her shoes. FYI, (laughs) marriage tip 1.8 is the same thing, except bags, purses, handbags, etc., so I'm going to very good advice. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. All right. So these are all over the place. Now, this one, I think. It's from Roop Sharma, episode 48. We haven't heard from Roop in a while. Lebanon, Ohio. Ooh, I just got that. Is it Lebanon or Ooh. Lebanon? No, I'm just kidding. I think he's catching up because he says, I was just listening to episode 197, and I feel like we addressed some of this in the later episodes, but he says, I will provide you with the correct information about WrestleMania venues. I think, did, I don't remember if we went into this. WrestleMania 1 was held at Madison Square Garden, and the main event was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Rowdy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Yes, we, we went through this. WrestleMania 2 was held at three different locations, Nassau Coliseum, the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, and the old LA Sports Arena. The main event was Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy in a steel cage match. That's right. I remember that. I did not bring that up. And then WrestleMania 3 was held at the Pontiac Silverdome, and the main event was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Okay, right. Got our wrestling talk in, Roxy. Yes. Kristen LeBlanc, episode 176. Out of 199 episodes, I am blown away that one of my quotes was used in the five trivia questions. Well, Kristen, in defense... It was a pretty freaking great quote. I mean, you know, <laughs> I love listening to the show and getting emails right on the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you from a man named Kristen LeBlanc. All right. Then we heard from nice. Mike. This is great. Mike Wolf, 
episode TVD. Along with the French exit and the Irish goodbye, there is also the Estonian egress, the Danish departure, the Venetian vanish, the Finnish fare thee well, the Lithuanian leave talking, the Albanian adieu, the Wisconsin withdraw, the Russian rethinking their invasion, and of course, the Scandinavian skedaddle. Oh my gosh. Love that one. All right. I like Venetian. Is it Venetian vanish? Venetian. Yes. Venetian vanish. (laughs) I like that one. All right. Then we heard from Gina S. Episode TVD. Maybe. We'll see. Hilarious that you think you will get your money back and or replaced from the post office. Not going to happen, dude. Just send the guy the sticker and quit being so cheap. (laughs) I can hear her saying that. I hear her voice. Absolutely. Lee Gordon, episode 80. No need to apologize to non-Survivor fans. I could not give a rat's ass about Survivor, but I thought Rick Devin's interview was great. Now keep that in mind. Nice. Keep that in mind, though, in a few moments. This was one of my absolute favorite episodes. I think he would be an absolute blast to hang out with. That's from Roy Swanson, episode TBD. Mike McCarthy, not that Mike McCarthy, episode 163. I thoroughly enjoyed episode 199 with Stoopsy, originally from Erie, Pennsylvania. My mother was born in Erie, and my family visited my grandmother in Erie many times growing up. Perhaps the biggest Erie reference from the big show that Mr. Tony seems to bring up repeatedly is this. In 1964, an Erie PA band named The Oneaters, later known as The Wonders, goes from college talent show to climbing up the Billboard charts thanks to the song That Thing You Do. All right, now we have someone competing with Mr. Borelli, in my opinion, okay? Bear with me. It says, hey, Chuck and Roxy, hope you two have survived the holidays and Roxy has finally finished kicking her face off for the season. We want to thank you again for the wonderful time in New York City. It will always be a memorable trip for us. Congratulations on the 200th episode. It was a really enjoyable Meet the Littles guest. I only made it through the first three seasons of Survivor. I got tired of the alliances. I know that some people live for it. I think the last season I fully watched was with Boston Rob. I think I quit watching with Johnny Foreplay. As a side note, (laughs) one of my students' mother was on it. I want to say in 2019. That's interesting. On the WWF front, when I was stationed in Pensacola, Florida, one of the Navy instructors I worked with, and I would talk about the WWF. When it came to Pensacola, he mentioned that he was high school friends with one of the wrestlers. The wrestler's real name was Mike Shaw, but he had two ring names, Norman the Lunatic and Bastion Booger. We went backstage and hung out and talked a while. Unfortunately, he passed away a decade or so ago. Lastly, since I finally caught up on my podcast, I started listening from episode one to the LL pod. Currently, I am up to episode 10, Eight Eggs a Boiling, and I have to commend you on how much the podcast has improved since the start. Listening to one through seven, it sounds like you recorded with your phones. But on episode eight, it sounded so much more professional. I know during the 200th episode, it was mentioned that you didn't get your new mics up until episode 100. Also, something I've come to enjoy that I hadn't noticed until I started from the first podcast was Roxy's giggle during the anchor read after the a podcast for Little Loyals about Loyal Littles. I absolutely love it. Also, I didn't mention it in my Meet the Littles episode But I used to watch Tony on the sports reporters on Sundays in the early 90s. So many other answers to other questions that weren't asked during my episode 154. But I never remember what the question was when I get home from walking. Anyway, congrats on 200 and wishing you 200 more. La Cheeserie and Happy New Year. Greg, episode 154 and Devorah, TBD. Sure, Amita. All right. Now, first of all, we have to correct that. I just said, let's not talk about it when you said like we were guesstimating 100. No, it was like what? I'd say 25, 30 ish. It was like 20, I think 25 ish. Yeah. I don't remember because Kevin Stanfield was number 25 and I can't remember if we had mics yet or not. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I just appreciate the honesty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, look, the podcast was just not great. <laughs> I mean, you know, when we first started. <laughs> that's why I try to tell people bear with it. Stay with it. Because, you know, like we always say, the content was great. You know, we've got some great guests, one through 25, but, you know, unfortunately I'm a dope and didn't go out and get good microphones and things like that. All right. Then we heard from Debbie Mittman, episode 67. It's been a while, Debbie. She says, I know this is early, but I have to do it before I forget. Can you give a shout out to Stoopsy, episode 199, on or around his birthday on February 18th? I reached out to him via email, alas, no Twitter, and it turns out that we live literally 2.1 miles apart. 
How crazy is that? Anyway, I've got his bourbon and barbecue event on my calendar for October 28th, but we plan on a random meetup before then. Thanks for being a part of the Littles Connective Tissue. I mean, how freaking great is that? Debbie, we're going to go as far as we're going to do it now and we're going to come back and we'll make sure we wish him a happy birthday whenever, I don't know when our episode drops around his birthday, but that'll be like our second wish so-and-so a happy birthday. So that'll be fun. Yeah. All right. And then let's get to the third wheel who didn't get on the show, Ritz. Hey, Chuck and Roxy, there's an old joke I thought you'd enjoy, which is a metaphor for my life. An Irish goodbye is when someone leaves without saying goodbye. On the other hand, a Jewish goodbye is when you say goodbye and never leave. Ooh, I love that. I like that. That's great. All right. And then I'm going to get to the one that Roxy usually reads. But like I said, we're hundreds of miles apart. So I'm doing double duty here. You ready, Roxy? I'm ready. All right, here it comes. Dear Choxy, I might have some issues with this one again. Congrats on 200. <laughs> Oddly, I listened to 200, then episode 100, so forgive me if I confuse the two. 200 was definitely a blow-them-out-of-the-water job. The quote quiz read by Littles about Littles was excellent. You have a game show in the works here. (laughs) He says, now this, I need a little clarification. He says, Survivor is getting close to becoming a golf segment on the big show? Just saying, just saying. Now, what does that mean exactly? I'm confused because they don't talk Survivor on the big show, so maybe he means our show? But we don't really yeah, talk our show. It's- but we don't really talk that much about it. I mean, the last couple episodes, obviously, because we had Rick freaking Devons on the podcast. So we had to. Right. But I think because he's catching up. I think that's what this is. I think in past oh, episodes, he's hearing us talk about Survivor. Anyway, don't okay. yuck our yum. Anyway. All right. Back to 100 now, he says. Legos are the ultimate catch 22. They are really expensive and difficult to reach the end point of the build. So you feel compelled to display them like trophies. You recall the joy you had of finishing the set, so you buy more. Next thing you know, you have a Millennium Falcon that doubles as a couch, and you've spent thousands of dollars on 12 different variations of castles from Harry Potter to the Lord of the Rings to Dark Vader. Yes, he has a castle, and we have the Lego set. (laughs) Now, let's diverge a little bit here, because this just happened to us. We were kind of doing our, what do we call it, winter cleaning? You know, when you take the tree down and you put the decorations away. And my Fenway Park was sitting there on the shelf. And I just said, I was like, you know, and you also have your office. I bought you a a Lego set from the office. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was talking about Fenway Park. I'm like, maybe it's time to like put this away somewhere in a box. But I get that you want to proudly display because that one took forever. That was that fake Lego set. I forget what it was called. But we had that on a couple episodes, too, where we're like, don't buy these. Don't buy these. Yeah, don't. But yeah, I I get what he's saying. Okay. Then he goes, candy corn, why? In what world is candy corn acceptable and not eggnog? I feel a great divide here. (laughs) Back to episode 200. They're very different. (laughs) Right? They're not even close. Come on, man. He He goes, dare I go there, but why are there people on Survivor dumping in the ocean? Is digging a hole not an option? What if you walk out in the surf and step in someone's morning load? You'd think a porter potty could easily be constructed. That could be a challenge for season 43. Finally, be honest. When you started this Littles pod, how many episodes would you have considered as long running? It legit amazes me. Episode 178. P.S. Better than a hockey segment. Now, I don't know what he means by <laughs> long running. I, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's Brandon Borzelli. He just likes to be called yes. episode 178 now. Yeah, so he's just... going to make the official name change. So yeah. his license will say number 78. Yeah, 178. His passport will say 178. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Send us mm-hmm. a picture when you do that, Brandon. <laughs> we'd, we'd really appreciate that. Yeah, please. That. All right. And then speaking of Brandon Borzelli, we had to get this last one in. It's from Dina Damascus. It says, Choxy, please tell Brandon that, of course, the episodes are numbered correctly. When I built the website... I was sure to include the number in the episode information. I teach math. I can count. I'll forgive you if next year you send some of those cookies with your Christmas card. Dean and Damascus, number 53. Prime number 53. All right, Roxy, you ready to get to our Meet the Littles guest? Ready. All right, it's a lot of fun. But before we do that, heads up. You want to listen to this, what we call bumper, okay? Because it's in reference to, it kind of goes and connects to our past episode 200. That's all I'm going to say. We'll be right back with Meet the Little. Hey, Chuck and Roxy. This is Dan Kilday from Austin, Texas. I'm just sitting over here listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC podcast network. 
and I'm still waiting on my old intern, Rick Devins, to talk about me after he promised he would on episode 200. Where's my validation, baby? Come on, man. What are we even doing out here, man? Chuck, being in Charlotte this week, we are being played in by the one and only Dan Byrne, who also was in Charlotte this week. Now, unfortunately, Chuck didn't get to check out his concert here, but hopefully soon. This song is called Not Perfect, and it's off his album called Regent Street. Now, if you like what you hear, and how can you not, you can find all Dan's stuff at danburn.com, D-A-N-B-E-R-N.com. You can also give him a follow on Twitter, at HQ. That's at DanBurn, the letter H, the letter Q. And don't forget to head over to his website to check out his tour. There's a link on there. It says tour. Click on it. Find out all his upcoming dates. He's on tour for the next couple months. Also, head over to bandcamp.com. You can find all his stuff there and give his stuff a purchase. Help support Dan Byrne, especially out there on the road. I'm sure he'd love to see you. Make sure you pop by and say hi if you do go to his show. And as always, we will play the full song, Not Perfect, by Dan Byrne at the end of the podcast. All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy. I'm excited for this We're one, Chuck. really excited about this mm-hmm. one. This was last second again, but it came out of nowhere, and we can't wait for the freaking story. Yeah. I'm just going to say la cheeserie to you. La cheeserie, please welcome to the podcast, Jason Ufima. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? We're oh, good. we're great. This is exciting. You said you've listened to some of the podcasts because I know you're a new listener. So we're going to get to the story that I think everyone's waiting for. But let's go back. We're going to turn it over to you. Tell everyone something about yourself, where you grew up, things like that. Sure. Uh, I grew up in the same town uh, that I live in now, born and raised in uh, central Pennsylvania, currently Lewistown, Pennsylvania. But I uh, went to high school in Sealands Grove, which is just a little bit east of of here. Uh, Went to uh, University of Delaware for my undergrad and a lot of different experiences, work experiences that led me to the D.C. area, which is where I first understood the fame of uh, Mr. Kornheiser. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of different things that I will obviously expound on in my experience and things that brought me to where I am today with the two businesses that I operate, which is Rich Coast Coffee and Shy Bear Brewing. Oh, oh, okay. See so that we didn't know. We did not know about the, uh, the coffee, coffee, which we just perked up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, let's let's yes. go back. What was your major in college? Well, when I first started, as I went to Delaware, it kind of uh, morphed into climatology and uh, theater arts because I wanted to be a weatherman. Was my original oh. was my goal because I felt like I had the right persona, I guess, for for uh-huh. something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, and 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 I I thought you know the, what. Weather is never going away. People always talk about it. It's always the first thing in conversations, uh, especially to to break the ice with somebody. And uh, that quickly became a scenario that said, well, you know, when talking to some people who worked in weather stations and TV programming, basically said, you know, for the first 10 years, you're just going to be getting coffee for people. And I thought, well, yeah, maybe this isn't the right mode for uh, my access to instant gratification. Uh So I ended up changing my major from climatology into just standard geography and was looking into, uh, and I just like really enjoyed the social geography aspect of things. What makes people do what they do? Why do they emigrate to certain areas, specifically the third place, uh, which is a very near and dear theory in, in my heart is where does somebody where it's not work and it's not home, where are the places that people go to that make them feel the way that they feel? And then why do they go to restaurants? Why do you go to 
coffee shops and really got involved in that side. And I just absolutely loved it. The sociology behind geography. Okay. Now, that's so interesting. Let's go back. (laughs) I'm sorry. Did you say climatology? Yes. Okay. Now, I don't know how much of a loyal listener you are, but Chuck, here's a dope sometimes. I've never heard of that. I've heard of meteorology, but what's the difference? Uh, well, a uh, difference in uh, specifics to the uh, your amount of knowledge. Well, obviously, I think meteorology becomes something that you're accredited. Climatology is generally what anyone that is going to study meteorology would need to learn first. Oh, so that's generally okay. the, the how the climate is changed, uh, understanding your weather patterns and wind direction and just the overall outside of cloud formations and, and everything like that. University of Delaware had an oceanography department, which was founded and deeply rooted in everything that was obviously a, a, a state on the uh, Atlantic seaboard right. that had a lot that uh, was part of that entire department, I would say, and climatology and oceanography was tied together. So that was um, where, uh, I guess, the specialization of what made De- Delaware a little bit different. And that's kind of why I chose uh-huh. chose that. Looking back on it, I was, I was always great at math. So I thought, looking back on it, I really wish I would have looked at uh, engineering and civil engineering as a, uh, as a vocation, especially in the business I'm in now, which if you want to grow or you want to advance and in your ability to get to the next level being an engineer is 100% an applied <laughs> an applied skill yeah. i just wow. i still can't get over there i mean basically it's like triple a ball for major league baseball uh-huh. you know i guess climatology mm-hmm. yeah with that I, I just never even heard that term that's I, cool and it totally makes sense to have oceanography and climatology kind of under the same branch now i used to want to be a marine biologist oceanographer throughout middle school and i thought i was going to learn how to figure out a way to communicate with dolphins and work with the ocean and all of that and i loved the weather but obviously my life took a different turn so that is so interesting but i also have to ask you mentioned theater arts so did you keep up with that when you changed your major to the geography side? Not at all. No. Not at okay. all. I did not have the skills nor the acumen to be the type of thespian that the uh, University of Delaware was producing. It was definitely out of my league, and I quickly realized that I was better at I, – I coached girls soccer for a little while while I was in college mm-hmm. uh, for the Newark Women's High School, and that – was enough of an outlet and then uh, formed my band in school as well. So that was a, those were enough of my extracurriculars gotcha. on top of friends and going out and, to and be artistic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jason, if I may, that was probably the wisest decision you ever made in your entire life. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, all right. Well, Rox, you sort of brought up the entertainment yep. side and I didn't know if this was going to be the bury the lead moment of your interview, Jason, or not, but on your form, cause he did fill out the form. It says, I'm a drummer in a popular band, and I'm, of course, genuinely curious that because, of course, Chuck here is a drummer as well. And uh, uh, so, I mean, please say you're Bruce Springsteen's drummer now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> popular is a very uh, loose term. Right. Okay. Popular in central Pennsylvania is, uh, is the case, but uh, we have no delusions of grandeur of uh, hitting the road anytime soon. Gotcha. Well, what's the name of the band? Uh, we're the Ryan Carter Trio. Ryan is our uh, guitarist and front man. We have a uh, keyboardist, Johnny X, and myself as uh, drums, and we all sing a little bit, but Ryan is by far our um, our lead in all facets of the band. Nice. Okay. If I may, though, mm-hmm. I mean, why aren't you... What was his name? Johnny X? Johnny X, yeah. You should be Johnny Y or Jason Y. Or, you know, and then, uh, do you have a Z? Can we make up a name? I know. I mean, you guys. I know. I kind of feel. I kind of feel like I'm left out in the in the cool department. Right. Johnny X. I like, mean, that's not such a, really because you play the drums. So that's true. You are the drummer. Yeah. So, I mean, as we know, the you know, drummer is the coolest part of a band. Right. Absolutely. So. I mean, well, I mean, of course, I'm biased in that opinion, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> believe you're, I believe you're correct. I've got living proof here. I'm sitting next to Roxy. I mean, right. That's how I. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. The first time that's she right. met me, I was on the drum kit. So nice. Anyway. Anyway, all right. Now, this is always interesting. I don't want to make this into a north, south, east, west thing. But you say central Pennsylvania. Now, is that just a generalization? Like, which side are you more on? For Pennsylvanians, when you say you're from central Pennsylvania, 
most people will equate that to the Harrisburg area. And we are, which is essentially south central of the state. We are about an hour northwest of Harrisburg, which really puts us almost geographically in the very center of the state. So, and it's strange because the uh, proximity to other cities, and we are a three hour drive from pretty much every major city, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Baltimore, DC, New York City. So we are Central, I, I, everyone jokes in, and we put this on our merchandise in Chai Bear all the time, that I say that I, we're in the middle of everywhere, not in the middle of nowhere. So, I love that. That's great. I love right. that. It's kind of like the glass half full yeah. concept, but it really is. I mean, for you to take a, a weekend getaway. Now, of course, we don't have weekends in this business, but my wife uh, and I basically suggest that our Monday through Wednesday is our, uh, <laughs> is typically our weekends. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'd hate to tell you this, sir, then you'd you did get into theater. That's all I'm going to say. Mondays are our day off. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Totally get it. Okay, well, the reason I was asking is it almost sounds like Connecticut, Roxy. Uh But so let's go into your sports fandom. What's your favorite sport, favorite teams, things like that? Because when you say, um, again, it might be... You're in the middle of everything. It it could be the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. know, It could be nothing to do with Pennsylvania. But if it does, I'm going to be interested here. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, No, Steelers fan, uh, NFL-wise for sure. I would love to say that I'm still a Pirates fan, but there's very little to be excited about. Uh, you know, so obviously Philadelphia's latest run was exciting for the area, sure. and uh, they seem to have some sort of care into the rebuilding of a franchise where it feels like we were basically the farm system for the Yankees and Red Sox and Dodgers for on the Pirate side. Yeah, you got so, a better stadium though. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. That's um, the one of the coolest. Uh, PNC Park is by far one of the coolest oh, places yeah. mm-hmm. to see a game. Top five for me. Yeah, yep. yeah. Camden uh, Yards is uh, is up there too. Yep. Oh yeah, uh, that's also yeah. in the top five. You want to keep going? Yeah. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I could get, I, I could keep guessing, uh, but uh, Fenway. Yep. yep. Wrigley. Yep. This is the hard one. Well, a lot of people have actually PNC is usually the hard one. People because you know they don't they're not a good team, so people are like why do you want to go see them play? Kind sure. of thing. But you can always get a cheap, good ticket, mm-hmm. and it's a great place. It's awesome. I probably, number five would probably be Petco. Is that San, San Diego? Oh, San Diego. Okay. Yeah. That's one of three I have not been to yet. I have mm-hmm. been by it. I've been to the outside. Yep. So that mm-hmm. could, you might have just nailed it because that could take over the one I'm thinking of. Right. Which is San Francisco, is what I was going yes. with. Yeah. 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 Right. Just right, right on the water, obviously, there. Yeah. And, it's uh, beautiful. Yeah. It's absolutely stunning. And yeah. the garlic fries. So there's lots that goes into garlic it. Garlic fries. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah that's what they're well, doing. yeah, they definitely step up their food game in yeah. anything San Francisco. Was. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Okay. All right. So the reason I was asking all that stuff, though, was now in Connecticut, there is a, a definite divide. Very clear divide. Between Yankees and Red Sox. Yep. Okay. Yep. There's yep. like the border. Is I there... even think Giants and uh, Patriots, too. Oh, yeah. And well, maybe But it's Jets. like it's mainly Red Sox Yankees. Like, you know, once you hit that side of the border, yeah, I you mean, see all the Red Sox hats. As you I, get closer, it's all the Yankee yeah, hats. Yeah, and I sure. grew up as a Red Sox fan, but in Yankee territory, Connecticut. So that was always fun for me. Do they have that in Pennsylvania? I can't believe I haven't asked other guests that so, in the past. So here's the strange part. Because of our proximity to Harrisburg and Harrisburg's territory and their coverage for TV market is that any home game, like a, a competing NBC type of, um, or I'm sorry, that would be a CBS AFC game would always default to the Ravens over mm. the Steelers. So yeah. there are in central Pennsylvania, there is a very tight order between what is east and west and even now south so uh, right. but this is it but lewistown is an actual steel town that standard steel still operates here with a thousand employees and so the mentality of anything steel still overrides that tv market oddly gotcha. enough but now with the red zone and sunday ticket it really doesn't matter if people will find a way to watch the Steelers one way or the other nice. <laughs> that's interesting nice yeah, yeah. Okay. But I have to say baseball wise, it's definitely leans a little bit more, I would say Phillies and Yankees more mm. than Pirates and and has and I don't even think that that really has anything to do with specifically how good or terrible the two right. franchises have been. I think it's more from the idea that there's um, people who vacation, typically go to the shore, they're there in the summer, right. they'll typically go to a Phillies game or or something like that then they 
typically will head west. Gotcha. Yeah. I got to be honest. I just felt like I was 80 years old when you said CBS and the AFC, if I'm being honest. Because <laughs> when I grew up, it was all NFC, CBS. Now, the other thing I find very interesting, I always, maybe there's listeners, maybe you know, we're talking a lot of sports here. You know how when usually there's two cities, they separate the leagues. So, mm-hmm. you know, Chicago, American League, National League, Cubs, uh-huh. you know, Pennsylvania, is, is that the, I'm trying to think. I mean, Now, California doesn't count because there's so many teams. Right. But if there's only two teams, is that the only one that does that? Because even like Ohio has Cincinnati, Cleveland, and they're different leagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia yeah. and Pittsburgh are both in the National League. Correct. And, yeah. So is there a re- reasoning behind that? Uh, no, I, I, well, Missouri would have two. They would have oh. uh, St. Louis and Kansas city in two different leagues yeah, but, or conferences. No, no, but, but that's American league national league again. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. You mean to be in the same, yeah, yeah. to be in the same. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. And again, well, Florida, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that AFL, the precursors and the ABA before the NBA, you know, all of these teams that existed prior to, and then by the time the, the leagues merged, there was really no uh, rhyme or reason for it was just that they had existed previously. I right. guess you know when you see that the, the Philadelphia A's or the Philadelphia Athletics, you know, and the Phillies were both happening, I believe, at the same time, yeah. if I remember correctly. So, right. now that makes um, sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's enough sports for this podcast. But anyway, we have lots to get into. We're going to take a quick break because the whole one of the main reasons we're having you on and we're kind of trying to I I guess I'm purposely burying the lead because it's kind of exciting news and it's just kind of a cool thing. But you'll have to come back. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles podcast with Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we're lucky enough to have Jason with us. Now, Jason, how this all came about, because if we're being honest, well, you said you're a new listener for us, and we didn't know who you were until you kind of blew up a little bit. You made a little (laughs) pilgrimage to the D.C. area, right? I did. All right. So why don't you just go into all of this and what you did? And this is kind of cool. Yeah. So looking in Untapped, which is the, for people who are craft beer fans, Untapped is essentially the repository for everybody who has a name for a beer and people who have checked that beer in at a brewery or at a bar and then they rate said beer it's kind of the bane of our existence in some ways but it does kind of give you an idea of what beers are out there uh, that haven't been named as such so i did as a loyal little listen to the show on and off for many years uh, and just thought this would be a, a really interesting thing and thinking that calvert woodley sells beer and uh, that to include them in this promotion that I, I looked it up and I saw that there was no lechiserie beer that had been in existence. So I thought, you know, what the hell, let's uh, give it a whirl. So we decided to, uh, our brewer, Roger McKelvey, and I put together the, the ideas of what this beer could be like and thinking that Tony's uh, sheer desire for a particular type of coffee ice cream, we thought, let's just take a vegan oat-based vanilla ice cream into a stout an imperial stout, add cold brew coffee, and then a touch of caramel, and a caramel macchiato stout was born. So it's it tastes like beer, but also a little bit like a... Coffee? Coffee, ca- like a yeah, slight caramel note to it. The vegan, when I say vegan, I mean essentially it's like Oatly. If you've had Oatly in the grocery store, it's a uh, just an, uh, an almond milk, or an oat milk, I'm sorry, that uh, is sweetened with vanilla okay. and that is added and conditioned on the stout to begin with. So you're, it's really almost like drinking an adult Frappuccino-like <laughs> type. Okay. It's very sweet. Uh, I wouldn't say this is for the faint of heart or anybody who's potentially on the spectrum of diabetes. But okay. uh, I... <laughs> okay. Good to know. <laughs> Where, what's the alcohol content? It's uh, 10.3%. Whoa. Okay. Holy shnikes. Yeah. Okay. So it, a punch. It, yeah, it does. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's in a, a small 12-ounce bottle. We changed the format of those bottles this go-around and for the future simply because the typical format for beers like this in the past have been 22-ounce bomber bottles or mm-hmm. what they're called. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the higher the alcohol, more people were bottling these things in larger formats. And to me, 
I don't care to have, and I have a lot of them in my cellar that I don't even open because I'm thinking, when's the next time I'm going to want 22 ounces of a high alcohol beer? Right. Right. So we decided to bottle these in, in 12 ounces with the wax tops, and it's uh, it's going over very well so far. And uh, and with the name uh, for people who are fans of the show, it's a no-brainer. For people who aren't, it's really funny to get their pronunciation of the name right. well it's a conversation starter first of all They're like what the hell is that right right, right. so there's that but yeah, we yeah heard, i would we think, heard everything so far oh really i was just hoping it didn't taste like cheese because i don't think i'm a big beer cheese type of maybe in wisconsin i don't know but i'm not personally. Well, beer cheese for big pretzel is really good but yeah so that's so interesting that you bottle them in smaller bottles which i would probably enjoy because i drink a stout maybe once or twice a year and mm. it takes me a long time to just get through one. And that's yeah. why it's so rare that I drink it. It's Normally, I have a Guinness on St. Patrick's Day. But right. yeah, that's probably a bigger bottle. So this I could probably handle a little better. Right. Well, I just see the most crazy potential here for Littles Helping Littles. I mean, first one, Jake and Jason, are you listening to this? So I don't know if you know who those are. Jason is the guy who created La Cheeserie Night for mm-hmm. the Syracuse Jason's Mets. It was actually Jake's mm-hmm. idea. Jason is the general manager yep. for the Syracuse right. Mets. Right. I mean, that has to be there next year. I know. If there is, we're waiting on the announcement in March. We've been kind of, we got an inside dirt there that is, there will be there a are La, plans. La Cheeserie Night Part de mm-hmm. or La Cheeserie right. Day, depending on, we don't know which it's going to be yet. And obviously, and I think any little would be try, you know, excited to try it. Oh, yeah. You know, even if you're, I mean. Especially if it's a sweeter tasting stout, because stout is usually yes. bitter, right? They can be. Yeah. Uh, the varieties of stouts are, are really quite amazing. Uh, the roastiness of the darker malts will mm-hmm. provide a certain amount of bitterness. But also when you're talking about Irish to English to American stouts, you have a lot of different textures gotcha. and um, and flavors that are just culturally a part of that style. But to answer your question in regards to the, uh, you know, for right now, this is definitely the uh, the flavors du jour of the winter. <laughs> but we have hopes. And with uh, Calvert Woodley, our conversation is uh, possibly a, uh, a continued series of these beers and uh, so the the one that we were kicking around and this may be better c- scenario for the summer season and being able to bring some of this up to Syracuse for uh, for an event but uh, we were talking about doing a uh, a wit beer that would be conditioned on Albany's gummy bears uh, so oh my God. <laughs> count me in for that <laughs> I mean I, I'm guessing you don't know this I mean we do have an episode Choxy goes to Syracuse uh-huh. but nice. um we won the gummy bear contest. And it was Albanese versus night. Haribo. <laughs> and we had Albanese, of course. Um, right, of course. But yeah, and then there's John Sanders, episode 159, who when he hosted Summer of Littles last year, I, it's a, what's the name of the brewery? Uh, Something Wicked Something Brewery. Something Wicked Brewery, right. He was creating a new title version of something, you know, for that event. He was right. trying to He was trying to come up with something for that event. And um, you guys should hook up, too. I mean, he's only about an yeah. hour and a half from you, I think we just figured out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be I mean, great. Yeah. yeah. Something to throw around up there. That's that's so cool. So there might be, like, a sequel to the Little Cheesery Beer or just be a totally different title or... Yeah, I, I would as, I would assume that it will still keep the same title, just with a different subtitle of gotcha. the yep. of the style. Cool, oh, that's so cool. That's exciting. Now, so now let's talk about your other company real quick. Right. And which one came first, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, 1978. My father founded Rich Coast Coffee. Uh, it was essentially the original story was uh, he had a friend that had a Cessna plane, and spoke a little bit of Spanish, and there. Uh, harebrained schemed over probably way too many beers was thinking that they would be an importing company from Costa Rica oh. and rich coast is the anglicized pronunciation of Costa Rica hmm. so that was the original plan and they had this name more before <laughs> like earlier before the actual execution of the business mm-hmm. and uh, later we found out that the um, uh, well my father and his friend found out that the logistics of flying a lot of weight on a small plane yeah, was not going to be very uh, beneficial right. so uh, there's a reason why they come in uh, barges on uh, big tanker ships but realizing that there was a need for a coffee service 
And he was previously, before the coffee business, he was in the background music business. Um, He he was actually a music minor at Brown University. And he had this idea that he was able to modulate the output of anything that came from a record player. And background music at that time was very specific to the licensing Mm -hmm. of the records that you bought. And those were very expensive in the day. And so his way of being able to skirt this was to to remodulate the audio into a different ohm level and be able to send that through telephone lines. And essentially, it was the precursor to the internet where he would just make constant phone calls to other businesses, and those businesses would just have a constant phone connection. So he broadcast all of the music from our basement to all of these different spots. And because of that, it was almost like a spider web of wow. uh, constant yeah. phone calls to businesses. Yeah. But a, lo- a lot of them were restaurants and offices who had background music going on. So he was industrious and thinking, what else could I sell them? And coffee and coffee service was really becoming a big thing in the cities. And he thought, well, this would be my opportunity where we provide the equipment free of charge. Customers just have to buy the coffee that goes into the machine. And as long as everyone's abiding by those concepts, then we would supply them even more machines. And that just grew and grew. And now we have over 1,300 commercial coffee customers in a 100-mile radius of Lewistown. Wow. That's amazing. That's so cool. We got to try this. I know. We're, I'm b- big coffee. Yeah. I like dark. Yeah. Dark roast. All right. So then how did the brewery... I mean, I know that it's not related, but I just come yeah, about... Yeah. Well, they're, they're somewhat related. I mean, because uh, craft beverage, certainly, if you're in one aspect of craft beverage, it's very, I wouldn't say easy, but it's, it's very mm-hmm. relatable uh-huh. to be in, in another beverage that traditionally is consumed at different times of the day. Sure. Yeah, right. always, yeah, sure. true. That always depends on the person. You know, we have plenty of people who drink coffee at night and beer yep. in the morning, yep. Yep. <laughs> but we have this uh, 32 acre farm where we live and work. And currently that breakdown of, of our space really seemed to make more sense if it operated in a, in a hospitality way. We have this beautiful setting in between these two narrow ridges that were basically in a nice little valley in a very bucolic area of Pennsylvania. And it just made sense for us to highlight everything that we have around us and get people who travel through our area to really understand what fresh air smells like and what can be done in a town that typically has not had a whole lot of progressive thought that has surrounded it. So we decided to go full bore with a full kitchen, uh, live music venue, of course, with uh, everything of my past and the beer. And we're considered one of the uh, top breweries uh, in the state uh, as far as uh, visitors and and the rave reviews that we get from it. So, I mean, honestly, it's, uh, there are certain days I I would be lying if I told you that it's all puppy dogs and ice cream, (laughs) but... (laughs) It, there are a lot of moments where you take a look at what you have and be grateful and, and thankful for what we're doing. Nice. Wow. That's amazing. We'll definitely have to visit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jason, thank you for coming on and telling your story. Now, you know we're the Fun and Dumb podcast, so we can't let you get away without some fun, dumb questions. <laughs> of course. All right, Roxy, start us off. All right. What's your favorite holiday? I would have to say Thanksgiving. Okay. Great. If you could live in any TV home, what would it be? Uh, the Brady Bunch. Ah, oh, that's a nice house. It is for yeah. for the time. Yeah, it's a nice house. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. That was a nice little yard, and yeah. Tiger is pretty cool. All right, if you could be an Olympic athlete, in what sport would you compete? These are great questions. I would probably be. Uh, I would want to be the gold medal sprinter. Ah, nice. so the hundred, you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah hundred meter dash. Yeah. Nice. yeah, that's Tony's favorite too. Yeah, he always talks yeah. about that. You that's got fun. that's the one you got to be in. That's pretty much like you. you I mean, you kind of like are the king of the world you know, as far as you, if you're the fastest person on earth. I mean, that's yeah. kind of like, would anyone know the Jaguar otherwise? Yeah. There's a shameless uh, promotion of just being the fastest. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, that's and true. And also there's less thinking time. Well, sure. You know, yeah. well, like, just yeah, get in, it, do it, be done. Yeah. Especially with the attention span of, <laughs> right. uh, of us all. Yep, exactly. Right. That's awesome. All right. Now you talked about your drumming, which obviously I was interested in, but What's another hidden talent you have that no one knows about? Uh, cooking. I, I, that obviously the, the restaurant side of our business is, is somewhat of a 
personal project as well. Mm. But I enjoy the idea of I have nothing else on my plate and I can just, it's almost, it's similar to drumming in my mind. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mm -hmm. think about my responsibilities and needs outside of when do I put the protein on versus when do I have all of my sides done. And there's a certain amount of nuance to everything that you make and the flavors of the heat, fat, yeah. and acid and everything <laughs> right. that you want. Uh, so there's a, uh, there's certainly, I, I find that to be the most interesting and challenging side to a skill that I think that I, I try to employ. Yeah. And I don't know, should we give a shout out? Your wife works side by side with you on this, right? She does. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shout out. On Jennifer. Jennifer. Okay. Yeah. Jennifer is, uh, she's, uh, she's my rock. She's who grounds me and tells me when I'm, you know, when my shit stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I mean, we also like to do that just because, you know, this way she, she won't think you're so crazy when you tell no. her what you're doing right now. Right. All right, Roxy, one more. All right. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would it be? We, um, uh, my wife and I just absolutely love Mexico. So I would say that even though we've seen a lot of Mexico, there's a lot of places of Mexico that we still would like to travel to and, nice. and explore. Yeah. Well, that's great. Okay. Yeah. All right. Some rapid fire. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Uranus jokes. Not funny or never not funny? Funny. Okay. Can be. Can <laughs> be. That's like, it, it all depends. It's like, that's what she said jokes. I mean, yeah. there's sometimes where they are 100% great, which by the way, I have a perfect, that's what she said joke that didn't even necessarily ever need to be said. It was just one of the funniest moments in my life. If you want to hear that story. Uh, yes. Sure. So we were at a restaurant. This is probably 10 years ago. And both of my parents are uh, sitting on one side across from me. And it was in a bench seat in a, like a, um, like a banquet. And my father was sitting on the outside closest to the aisle and my mother needed to go to the bathroom. My father gets up, she goes to the restroom. She comes back, she sits back in the seat that now my father was sitting in. And now all of a sudden he says that he needs to go to the bathroom. And she says, God, I wish you were inside of me. That's like, what she meaning, said. Like Whoa. sitting next. <laughs> right, right. I got you. <laughs> I feel you. And it was, I remember just looking at my mother as she said it. And it was because the funny thing, oddly enough, is that they are together as partners, mm -hmm. but they divorced in 1985 and we all still live together in the same house and in the same compound that everything that is, is together. So we're close, but they have been divorced at this point for 30 years. And when she specifically said that out loud, which made it even funnier, uh, <laughs> right. but it was, it was more of the, God, I wish you were inside right. of me. Right. Oh, my gosh. It was by far the best, that's what she said, <laughs> joke that has ever existed without ever having to say that. Right. Nice. Right. That's amazing. Nice. All right, let's end with yeah. that. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for coming on to Meet the Littles. Now, tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. Uh, well, uh, via email, you can reach me at jason at shybearbrewing.com. And following anything on our businesses, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Rich Coast Coffee or at Rich Coast, I believe the other one is at Rich Coast, and then uh, and Shy Bear Brewing, at Shy Bear Brewing on both uh, Instagram and Facebook. All right, great. And we'll make sure we put all that in the notes for you. But as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. All right. Now, is that personally and your restaurant or is that just? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm a big advocate of the over. There's... Um, what really screwed it up in the restaurant, our original toilet paper rolls were the ones that were against the wall ah, uh, yeah. that were away from you. Yeah, which yeah, we've, yeah. I, I have complete loathsome uh, idea of that situation. So we went back to traditional rolls. So we're good gotcha. to go. Nice. So yeah. if an employee ever put it under, you're having a conversation. Not necessarily yeah. firing them, but... but right, but there's definitely a written offense. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much again for coming on to Meet the Littles. We really appreciate the time. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Now back to the show. Friday, 
Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. Littles, this is unbelievable, unprecedented. Roxy and I are recording some stuff. My phone rings and it says Jason Smorrell, Syracuse Mets. Okay, that's what my phone says. It's not Jason Smorrell, who you just heard. It's Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks. It seems that Jason and I have officially merged. (laughs) I don't know. No, Chuck's a dope and I must have put you in my phone. I must have had your number. a singular entity wait that can't be true because we (laughs) called jason and we interviewed him anyway i don't know i'll get to the bottom of that dan byrne how's it going how'd how'd the show go dan byrne just got done performing here in charlotte where chuck is and uh how did it all go well it went pretty good i think you know it'd be in north carolina yeah it's my only show in north carolina on this particular run so even though i'm not in durham or raleigh i figured well I'll do the Shashevsky song here. Oh, right. So it went, it went pretty good. <laughs> that's right. That's oh, awesome. They either cheered or booed, and that's <laughs> kind of what you want. Yeah, right. That's true, actually. <laughs> I forgot all about that. That's great. Well, Dan, uh, Littles, Dan has agreed. He came on to help us do the Friday Five this week, so we're very excited. It's called the Friday Five Playoff Edition, Dan. So let's Whoa. see. let's see how you do. Roxy, read the first one. All right, number one, as a Charger fan, I witnessed the latest and perhaps greatest failure in a team history littered with failure on Saturday. Name your team's or team's most embarrassing loss or moment. Okay, I forgot to say this at the beginning. These are from Ben Danner this week. Ben Danner. Episode TBD, Ben. Get your butt on the podcast. So, Dan, did you figure all that out? Like, First of all, I forget. We must have asked you, what's your favorite team? Well, it's complicated. (laughs) I've uh, I've moved around a lot. I've been on both ends of what I consider the most bitter rivalry in sports. And at the time of this incident, that's my first answer. I was on the side of the Giants. Oh, okay. And it was 03. They were, it was 02, I'm sorry. They were playing the Angels in the World Series. And they were up three games to two, okay? And in that sixth inning with Bonds and Jeff Kent and Dusty Baker in the dugout. After six innings, they were up 5 nothing. And I was in England, so it was 5 in the morning, so the whole thing was surreal. Oh my and God. even as it was unfolding, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if this is also happening in America. <laughs> but they did. They unraveled. They made bungle after bungle. It got away, pitcher after, you know. When they yeah. when a pitcher's going good and then they start tinkering, you know? Yeah. 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 And when it should be better left alone, once you un- start unraveling it, mm-hmm. right. this guy's worse than the, the last guy. Yeah. Yep. All right, Roxy, mm-hmm. what do you got? I mean, I guess the Patriots this season. <laughs> this season. <laughs> Yeah, it's, been, it's, it's been a rough couple of years <laughs> yeah. for her. I mean, she, you know, she grew up yeah. with the Patriots. You know, she doesn't remember the I old did. days. You know, she doesn't remember the debacle against the, I what mean, was it, 86, the Bears? Though, so. Yeah, yeah. Right. All right, I think I'm going to go with, I mean, there's so many Red Sox. Yankees. I have two real quick ones. Uh, obviously, 203, Aaron Bleep and Boone, Red Sox, Yankees. But I still think it was the greatest seven-game series ever. Seven games, Pedro versus Clemens, game seven, extra innings. It was great. Okay, but we came out on the losing end. But I think the worst one was Saints against Minnesota Vikings. What was that, about three years ago? Oh, um, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That was terrible. I mean, the worst heart-crushing one was the non-pass interference call against the, who was that, the Rams, right? Yeah. And when right. we should have went to the Super Bowl, but the the one against Minnesota, that was just crushing. That was absolutely crushing. Yeah. So, all right, yeah. let's move on. Number two, we may have seen the last of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on the gridiron before they ride off into the sunset. What will or do your ideal retirement years include? Ooh. 
Roxy, you start. Oh, that's a good one. It's like, what, 60 years from now, oh. right? No. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I feel like I imagine myself being in some form of retirement community, doing fun activities like bingo and maybe some, like, salsa dancing for as long as my body can stand it. I don't know. All right. Damn, what do you got? That's really good. That's <laughs> <Right>. really good. <laughs> Just chilling, you know? <laughs> Damn, what do you got? I think like to stop all remnants of what I'm doing at some point and then suddenly discover some unknown skill that I add. Ah. Like mm. I'm starting to swim side stroke uh-huh. and for some reason I'm suddenly a world-class side stroker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Roxy, I'm just gonna let you answer for me because I have no idea. I, don't, I mean, I I yeah, think I, I like Roxy better than mine anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll travel. We'll be at the bingo games with me. I'm sure. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, no. I mean, exactly. yeah, definitely. We'll maybe do some traveling. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. All yeah. right. Let me go number three. The Seahawks were soundly defeated by the 49ers, but did have the good fortune to fly home to the self-anointed coffee capital of the world. Tell us how you enjoy your caffeinated nectar of the gods. Do you buy it already brewed in a shop, prepare it yourself, enjoy it black or with coffee creamer smashed open on the nearest wall? So, yeah, Dan, how do you take your coffee? Just ground up, Mm -hmm. heat some water, put it in the plunger thing. Oh, so you do French press. Or the, well, no, actually, I used to. I just sort of pour it over a filter. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Ah. You, you dump it in the filter. You drink it black, you though? You pour yeah. about boiling water over the, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then you got to put some oat milk in it. Ah, oat milk. Okay. All right, Roxy. Okay. I like it light and sweet, and I usually like a flavor like French vanilla or coconut. Coconut coffee oh, yeah. is amazing. Also, lavender coffee. I've had that a few times, and it's really good. And I like it light and sweet with half and half and plain old sugar. Yeah, I'm light and sweet, too, except I like equal. That's my go-to. I know. Yeah, I know. It's bad. <laughs> wow. It's bad. I wouldn't have pegged you as an equal guy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I used to do lots of sugar. <laughs> I used to do lots of sugar. And but the equal, I got to cut back a little bit. It doesn't look like that when you see me put it in my coffee, but it's true. So, mm-hmm. all right, Roxy, what's number four? All right, number four. The Bills were able to eke out a close one thanks in part to poor clock management by the visiting Dolphins. Speaking of clock management, are you a 10 minutes early is on time person or a sprinting in the door out of breath at the buzzer person? All right, let me go first on this one. This is hilarious because it depends on what I'm doing. There's little sayings in the theater. We have two, okay? So what I'm doing currently right now, I am definitely a 10, at least five, most likely 10 minutes early is on time person because I'm currently stage managing on tour here, okay? Right. If I'm musician, I am right on time, right to the T. (laughs) Like if I need to be there at 730, if my call is 730, I am there at literally 729 and 55 seconds walking in the door. Okay, mm-hmm. just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another similar thing. Roxy's not going to like this. But when you go out to dinner with actors, crew and musicians, okay, if you go out with actors, the saying is there's never enough money when the check comes and you have to split it up and divvy it up. If you go out with musicians, there's always exactly enough money. And then if you go out with the crew, there's always too much money. There's always leftover. Yeah. Uh, oh, but yeah. yeah. So it's so, great. So I would say most likely I'm just, I'm more often than not right on time person though, overall. Okay. All right. Roxy, what do you got? Well, I was told years ago that five minutes early is 10 minutes late. Mm -hmm. So 10 minutes early would actually still be five minutes late. So I'm a 15 minutes ahead of time kind of person, but there are definitely, like if you asked my mom when she would take me to the train station to come to the city from Connecticut, I was always right when the train was coming. It would stress her out to no end, but I always managed to make it right on time. Okay. But Roxy, you didn't tell us there would be math involved. What did you say at the top of this again? Okay. <laughs> you were like, five minutes is 10 minutes early. Five involved. minutes early. It's too much. Yeah. All right. Dan, what do you Five got? Minutes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe he actually asked you to do that math again. 
It hurt, right, Dan? I mean, it was like, what? That was diabolical. Let me get my calculator out. So, All right, Dan, what do you got? Are you, Dan, let's actually, let's have some fun with this. Roxy, what would you guess Dan is? Honestly, I would say early. Really? I'd say the I'd say either he's right because he's a musician, right on time or running a little late. That's my guess. <laughs> what do we got, Dan? Well, it's amazing because you're both exactly right. I'm either, <laughs> yeah. if I have my druthers, I'll be three hours early. Oh, really? You know? Okay. Just like time to be well prepared and take a walk mm-hmm. and get a coffee and all that stuff. Or, as you said, I'm just barely on time or running a little late. And that's also, in a way, kind of good because when it's like that, you don't have any time to think. So you just right. yeah. go. Yeah, it's true. Yep. All right, here we go. Last one, number five. Well, sort of last one. Having now seen the first round of the NFL playoffs – Give us your Super Bowl matchup winner and final score. It says get all three correct, Cadillac, El Dorado. <laughs> so, all right, Roxy, why don't you go first? Okay, well, my two teams that I'm picking are the Bills and the 49ers, and I think the Bills are going to win. Whoa. And a final score, 42 to, I don't know, 37? All right. Is that a thing? It, well, sure, anything can be a thing. I mean, there's okay. more logical ones, but okay. All right, Dan, what do you okay. got? What do I got? Yeah. Give me, let's see, 34 to 28. Okay. Chiefs over Eagles. Whoa. All right. Totally going. Okay. Somewhere else. Okay. What was my score? What was the score? I don't know. I have it recorded. Okay. 32 to 28, I think. That's a pretty Mm -hmm. close game, huh? Yeah. That that would be a good game. Let it be a good game. All right. Let's say that the Eagles held the lead 28 to 24 and then a late Mahomes drive to the big tight end and they got to 34. All right. I nice. I forgot about the the chefs, as I call them. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with the chefs and I'm going to go with the 49ers, actually. I, I've, I'm jumping on yeah. like Mr. Tony. I'm jumping on the bandwagon. You know, I, yeah. I like the 49ers. They looked great. They had a great second half in the last game, the first game they had. So I got to pick a one. I'm going to, I'm just going to go with the 49ers and I'll say 35, 17. I don't know. I just pulled that out okay. of nowhere. All right. Now this is the most important one and you're in the South dance. So this is going to be a good one for you. And we've talked about this on our podcast actually before, but we're going to do it again. Cause it's part of the Friday five. It's the wild card question. Because this is actually like kind of number six, but it says this question wasn't quite good enough to crack the top five, but you can't have the wow. playoffs without a wild card entry. So in honor of Jacksonville's historic comeback, how are you ordering those Waffle House hash browns? Go ahead. Dude. I'm going the whole hog. I'm going the oh. whole thing. I'm going scattered, smothered, covered chunk, diced pepper, cap topped and country. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe he just railed that off. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I usually wow. just do covered and smothered. That's how I usually go. But I, I'm and not I saying I wouldn't like. And smothered. You do what? <laughs> scattered and smothered. Yeah. Actually, now to be brutally honest, I had some the other night with a steak. Yeah. And I just got scattered smothered. Okay. I didn't even get the cheese. It was <laughs> great. Okay. Yeah. It was I haven't had Waffle good. House in a long time, Roxy. All right. Well, thank you, Ben Danner, for the Friday Five. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, Dan Byrne. This has been great. What a nice surprise, Roxy, right? It's been so fun. I mean... So fun. You know, it's been amazing to see Tony's almost overnight sudden awareness and interest and kind of delight in you guys. Yeah. No, it's true. It's been great. But more importantly, Dan, I mean... How great it was that we happened to be in Charlotte in the same time. I'm sorry we, I couldn't get to your show because I was doing my own show. But speaking of, we are going to get to it soon, either in New Jersey or New York. So, Dan, plug everything in your tour. What's the best way to find your route? Just your website, danburn.com? I guess so. My schedule that I'm on right now is on there. Okay. I'm doing uh, 12 shows in 12 days. Wow. I just, I just This was number one. So. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> We'll see how it goes. I'm feeling pretty good about it, though. Yeah. It's, you know, it's nice to, as you know, just get in a rhythm sometimes. Yeah. And Richmond's next, yeah. right? Richmond, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just go to danbird.com. Click. There's a link that says tour. Just go there. Find out where he's playing. Buy those tickets and come see the show. I'm playing Lake Orion. 
Is it Ooh. Orion? You mean like Orion? Is Orion. That... Yeah, right. <laughs> is that what it is? Orion? I don't know. Something like that. I'm seeing littles everywhere. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's going to be great. And we're going to, awesome. they're going to come out full force, I think, cool. in New York and New Jersey and up, especially in the DMV yeah. for sure. Well, they're just showing up everywhere. It's yeah. cool. Oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. And good luck well, with the tour. Well, for you guys and uh, keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. It's all there for you. Everything. And if, remember, if you listen to the podcast on Apple and iTunes, make sure you give us a nice rate and review over there. And once again, thank you, Jason Ufima, for coming on to Meet the Littles this episode. That was a lot of fun, learning all about the La Cheeserie beer. And, of course, thank you, Kim Wilson, two L's, and Dan Kilday for our bumpers this episode. And remember, if you need a grip for your stick, go to stickgrip.com. If you need fog-free eyewear, go to fogfreeeyewear.com. But, Dan, remember, the most important thing is if you are out shopping online tonight, don't forget to use the She's my rock. She's who grounds me and tells me when my shit stinks. Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Scattered, smothered, covered chunk, diced pepper, cap topped, and country. Oh, yeah.